welcome to Paul H.'s Reflections on the 12 Steps. Welcome everyone again. This is not an AA meeting. This is one number's take on the exact nature of our wrongs. Um, and, and the exact nature of our wrong comes up on, the, on page 64 of the big book. Uh, this meeting is being recorded. Um, it will be posted on Facebook in a private group. <clears throat> um, this is not an all share meeting, rather it's a question and answer on Paul's take of the 12 steps. Um, so we'll get started in a minute. Um, for more information on Paul, um, his message and uh, his, his other resources, you can find that at zenbitchslap.com. You can go on uh, his, his, his book, which tells the story of his journey in recovery is a great read. Uh, you can find that there. There's, uh, you can find all the videos and recordings. There's also some t-shirts. Uh, we <laughs> are here. <laughs> you know I'm gonna plug you. And uh, I'm so grateful. Um, anyways, we are here both on Tuesday and on Thursday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time. And so uh, I'm really glad you're here. Paul, let's get rolling. Um, you mentioned step six and seven. So let me read a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start on the page of seven, bottom of 75, which tells us we've just, we've just uh, completed our fourth step with our sponsor, right? And there are very specific instructions here that we follow. We return home. And <laughs> you're going to make me laugh all the way through this, Paul. So uh, returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour, carefully reviewing what we have done. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the five proposals, we ask if we have omitted anything, for we are building an arch which we shall walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? If we can answer to our satisfaction, then we look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them, everyone? If we still cling to something that we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. Yes. So, well, you want me to go? All right. So, Paul right. Alcohol, thanks for having uh having me really yeah. yeah step six and seven i wanted to share about it today because someone had called me this morning concern uh uh concerning deep habitual patterns and stuff like that you can call them defects of character you can call them anything that you want but let's call them not ours in a way so uh, based on the idea of of how we look at the fourth step put in uh, page 64 on the third paragraph of being convinced that self 
being convinced that self, that's the important point, manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So this is one way of looking at the fourth step, which also is the way you look at all the other steps, really. So being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at its common manifestations. And then the next paragraph is resentment. And then we go off on the nuts and bolts of how to do an inventory. On what? On the common manifestations of self in our lives. Yeah. So the premise that's being offered is is a way of looking at the inventory, not about our products, but about self's products in our life. It's sort of like here, you and I think we're the owner of the store and we have a lot of our product lines. And then when we actually take an inventory, we see something else has been selling a lot of shit out of our store, basically. <laughs> and basically using our, our, our brand name and everything else to promote its own agenda. So by recognizing... Uh, by looking at the common manifestations of self in our lives, which most of us will call ours, yeah, being based on the root of the problem, which is we're identified as self. So when we see the common manifestations of self in our lives, we call them ours. And to me, that's the root of the problem is identification as self. We're not, we're not having a sense of us the us is identified as a self. And so that identification as a self manifests in various ways. And these manifestations is what defeats us. Basically because us becomes uh, an unsuspected inner condition, so to speak, and self becomes the dominant mental condition. And uh, basically the attention and interest tends to go to the mental condition and so we're obsessing over self all day, which is we're obsessing over something that we're not, really. And by obsessing over self, we open ourselves up to be defeated by its manifestations. And how do we get defeated by them? Uh, because they say resentment is the number one offender. But really, the real killer of resentment is when it's my resentment. The real, the real paralyzation of fear is really promoted by mental anxiety that we call mine. Uh, the harms done to others casts us into long-lasting prison sentences because we are the ones who did it, not recognizing that we were motivated in those actions by a foreign pathogen or an idea called self. So this to me is a pivotal premise uh, because of my own experience in <clears throat> relief from the bondage of self was seeing that uh, that self was other than me. And when I saw that, the possibility of being free from it became available. Because before that, I was trying to be free as it, which is caught, caught that, that whole picture is caught perfectly by the community statement of self can't get out of self. Now, I can understand that intellectually, self can't get out of self, but the feeling I'm having is it's Paul getting out of self, which makes a whole lot of sense to Paul to keep trying to get out of self 
unbeknownst to Paul, it's identified as self. So <laughs> I, it just makes total sense to me after the years of looking at it. So I hope it translates and maybe you can see it in a similar light. So why I wanted to go over steps six and seven, though it's a rather short period of the working steps, it comes after the fifth step where we go over basically the patterns of how self has defeated us. Hopefully, that's one way of looking at it. And, uh, and getting a clear idea of the manifestations, the common ones of self, so that when we see them starting to be cooked up by the mental state, we can bring them to six and seven. So for me, uh, years into sobriety, the most active steps are six and seven, really. The other steps are automatic. You've been convinced that your palace over alcohol and that your managing life is the cause of its unmanageability. You're clear on all of those statements, hopefully. You've, you're at a point of surrendered to those facts of your life. You're not in a, you're not up for a debate every six months or stuff like that. It's a basis of your life now. Uh, the fact that you are in an act of denial of while using and drinking is now uh, aligned with that, hey, I'm powerless over alcohol and drugs, and my managing is the cause of the unmanageability, really. And it's not my managing, it's self-managing, really. So uh, when I see stuff coming up, by hearing it from other people at meetings or in life, like when someone calls me up, <clears throat> realizing it's an attribute of alcoholism, not their alcoholism, not anything different than what I call my alcoholism, but alcoholism. I recognize that. And then I bring it to step six and seven. And I ask that, you know, hopefully at that stage, I'm entirely ready. And I don't care if I am or not. I just intend it. I say, hey, I'm entirely ready to have this not removed. I don't believe energy gets removed. I believe uh, it gets reconfigured. And I believe it's been configured the way it is by self. And I also believe that if I bring in the higher power, the higher power will, will reconfigure that energy that's been configured by self and turn it into something useful to myself and others and stuff like that. So it's a, like a constant reclamation. It's not like I'm going to the recycling uh, center. I am the recycling center. Yeah, so I'm watching the old, like the habitual energetic patterns of self in my life, and I'm bringing them to the solution, which is reliance on a higher power. So I'm relying on that higher power to reconfigure that. And so six and seven is profoundly uh, it's just the way of AA, yeah, is to recognize what we're not and to have that sifted away from what we are by the higher power attending to it through six and seven. And if there's any amends to be made and stuff like that and reparations, we do that because we're accountable for the behavior that has come through us but we're not responsible for that behavior. That behavior are old patterns that were really like uh, cemented in through active alcoholism and active addiction. It left a lot of deep mental grooves in us and those deep mental grooves keep repeating 
And when we see them from awareness or from spirit, we bring what we see to step six and seven. And we ask that power to reconfigure it. And uh, I just see it as so powerful because what we're not is going to keep showing up. That's the whole point of doing the inventory. We see our role in things and then we see self's role in things because trying to avoid our role in things disguises self's role in things completely. And in a way, when you come to that point, you realize it was self's agenda to not take responsibility because it knew if we took responsibility for what actually happened in our life, we would see something going on in that, that living, which was the influence of self in our lives. So we would recognize the thief by going back to the scene of the crime. Yeah? And so six and seven is what is used to deal with what comes up. Like if I hear someone like today speaking from alcoholism, and it's easy to see, you know, because I've spoken from alcoholism tons of times. So you recognize it. And so you bring it immediately, not for them. You may suggest, hey, do six and seven around this stuff. But that suggestion is taken where I am. And so because I've recognized alcoholism, it doesn't have to just be in me. I recognize it in the other person. And I go, hey, I'm entirely ready to have this uh, reconfigured. And I ask that power to do it. And, you know, I find it very uh, potent in the past when there was a live meeting to do just that. Because a lot of times alcoholism isn't barking in me that much, but I can see it barking in someone else. And I can tell, you know, where it comes from. And that possibility is still latently there where I'm sitting. So I ask that energy that I'm seeing described in a self, self-centered self way from that person, I ask that to be reconfigured. Yeah, it's beautiful. What a beautiful way because we're relying on the higher power or the spirit, which is the whole spirit of AA. Elf, AA is not a self-help program. I don't want to help self. <laughs> I want self to be reconfigured and, and allow it to be helpful. But self in itself isn't going to generate helpfulness. It generates wanting to be right and seeing the other people who are wrong. It has a very skewed, very black and white view. And it's, a, it's pathological in nature. It's, it's like parasitical. It doesn't have a life. It's living off of us. Yeah, and... Uh, Shit. If you can recognize your role in things, you're going to see its role in things. And maybe you'll see a lot of what your role in things was, was its role in things. And maybe that's the freedom from the bondage of self. Because usually most people I meet are bound by guilt and shame based on what they did while under the influence. They haven't had the relief or the release that the real sense of powerlessness provokes because they're still owning the actions that were done through them by self. And I feel like there's a possibility to move on from that and start really recognizing our role in things and also self's role in things and see that self's role in things isn't our role in things. They're different, very different. And I would love to have 
self role and things get reconfigured so I can be of maximum use to myself and others. Yeah, so thank you. Thanks, Paul. Thanks so much. Um, we've got some questions today. Uh, we're going to start with Meryl. Let me find her and get her unmuted. Meryl, yes. Hey, Paul. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Um, I'm so glad this was the topic today. Um, my question is around this exact thing. Um, I just had this. Ex so I've been sober for about 10 years. And um, I'm only saying that to say that the like, drink problem was removed early on for me. Like I, I it was just removed. Uh, which was a blessing, but I now in this point in my sobriety, it feels like I, like all the emotional sobriety work is happening and I've become acutely aware of these different aspects of self and certain character defects. And there are still things I just feel so powerless over. And I was just up in New York visiting my family and I got, you know, uh, kind of caught in this family dynamic that I didn't belong in and didn't want to be in. Uh, my parents were fighting and I, I, uh, I left, I left the, the space and I, I went and I sat next to a tree and I just noticed all these, these different, um, aspects of self, I guess, showing up. Like there was the, the aspect of self of seeing them as sick and suffering and having compassion and, um, you know, knowing that this is just their deal. Then there was the self that was, I'm going to go rage and yell at them. And then there was the, I'm going to fix this self. And then there was the, I'm grieving because I don't have this family dynamic that I wish I had. And then there was the, I'm just going to run. I'm going to grab my son. I'm going to get in the car and drive back to Philadelphia. And it, there was so much noise happening um, that my body started shaking and, um, I just, I felt trapped and it was interesting to just sit and notice all of this. Um, and so I, I was breathing and I prayed and I put on, um, this mantra and I was chanting and like, there was this, this desire to do something. Um, and I didn't, I just sat there and, uh, and then I had this experience where this gentleman just like walked up to me and we started having this conversation that completely brought me out of all of that, right? Like here's this power showing up in the form of this man who pulled me out of this situation. It was something I didn't do, um, which was a gift. And I'm glad that I didn't run. So I didn't miss that happening. But I guess what, what my question is, is, <laughs> Is it, a, is it a six and seven matter? Is it a 10 and 11 matter where I don't want to be so affected by this stuff anymore? Like, I know, like, my family wounds run deep. I've done therapy. I've done the steps four or five times. Um, you know, is, I don't want, I would love to be in a place where I can show up and be in full acceptance that this is just who these people are and not have this desire to act out the way I did, you know, in my twenties, 
which was to just run and, and say, F you guys, I'm out. Um, I hope that made sense. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's where I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember when I came in, they told me, you know, you, you need to practice these principles in all your affairs. And if you can't, limit your affairs also. Yeah. <laughs> There's certain things I'm, <clears throat> I'm incapable of doing, and that's fine. Yeah. Now, you may be capable of it later, but now, you know, we're not super men and super women. Yeah. You have to have a sober assessment. But all those things you, you uh, ch shared about sitting next to the tree, all of them are, they could be the offerings of six and seven. Yeah, that's just a suggestion. Yeah. So all that energy that was like translated that way, you know, could be reconfigured. Could be. And it may, uh, it may be perhaps there is a better way. Yeah. Trusting the infinite rather than the finite self. Well, to me, the bridge from the finite self to the infinite is six and seven sometimes. Yeah. So you just let that bridge span over and you offer to the infinite these little excerpts from the finite <laughs> and you have, and you let the infinite rewrite it or reconfigure it or reuse it and i'll tell you uh you don't want self to review self <laughs> it doesn't go well you want the higher power to review self yeah much better you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah Self can't get out of self is the typical thing. Shit is said, and then there's a reaction as if you're the one who said it, and then there's a debate. I can't believe you said that, and it goes on and on. And then you're in the court of self, and you're getting a lot of fucking, you know, warrants and subpoenas to be here and there, and fuck, you know, you're getting convicted and then paroled and probationed. I'd rather just bring all that shit up to the higher power and let it fucking sort the shit out. Yeah. And if you get into the habit of it, it's sort of like you can see it as mental garbage and then you just put it out. And then the next morning you look out and the garbage has been taken away. You don't have to watch out the window all night to see if it's going to happen. You start having faith in the process by, you know, applying the process. That's what happens. Yeah. If you apply six and seven, faith gets moved from the finite self to the infinite. That's what happens. Yeah. And that's the whole migration that we're in. We're attempting to leave the field or the petri dish of self. Yeah. Not as self, but and then move towards the higher power. And six and seven is really on that road. There's a lot of chasms to go over and raging rivers and to me that those bridges are six and seven yeah so that's why i wanted to talk about it uh most of the time when i'm speaking to people they're speaking from self so to speak yeah and so i wanted just to bring them right to six and seven because say you see the thing is giving you counseling, counsel, saying it's your counsel that it's giving. It's in fucking insane that this thing talks to us as us all day. And many of us listen to it as that. We listen to it as us. Yeah, you, that's the bondage of self. These are just miscellaneous effects of that going off all day. 
I want to get to that Petri dish. Let's be honest about it, yeah? If I look at my role in things, you're going to inevitably look at self's role in things because self and yours have been taken synonymously quite a lot, yeah? And you need to have, you can't, you're not there to sort of sift it out. That's the higher power. That's the Holy Spirit in the Course of Miracles. That's the, the higher view of our own mind, yeah, gets put to use. So it takes the information that self is using to convict us, and it uses that same information to liberate us. That's how extremely different it can be, yeah? So six and seven is, that's, that's like the transfer point. If, we, if, if six and seven isn't done, the bridge just goes back to the same highway, back to, you know, you're, you're always crossing the Rubicon. You're never fucking getting anywhere. Yeah? So this is the point of six and seven. So I feel like what you shared was perfectly applicable to, to applying six and seven on. Yeah, and then you saw it you saw the process work by the guy showing up. You got the fucking so honor that demonstration. This is how we lose faith in the failed system and gain faith in what works by honoring when it works. You know what I mean? You had an experience where someone walked over and played the role of pulling you out of the ass of self. I mean, it's like, there is no divine proctologist. It's like an assigned role that the spirit gives a lot of things in our lives too, yeah? So a person or a situation or a, or a cat or something will be the divine proctologist that helps pull us, us out pull us out of the ass of self. You know what I mean? This is the higher power, I feel. You know, I had, there's been so many freaking demonstrations. There was one that really blew my mind. I was in India for about a month or so, yeah? I didn't go to any meetings. I was involved in something else. And there was a, I was seeing this spiritual teacher and he had a huge following. So it was like 10,000 people there every day in this open amphitheater. So when, before you went in to sit down, everyone would take their shoes off, yeah? So there was thousands of shoes all around the outside. And so one day, instead of sitting where I usually sit, I was leaning against the wall, and there was an Indian man leaning against the wall, yeah, with me. We didn't say much, we just said hello, we enjoyed what was going on. We left, we went to look for our shoes, I went to look for my shoes, and my shoes were right next to his shoes. And then we had a talk, and I said, well, where are you from? He says, oh, I just came from Bombay, from an AA uh, convention. And I said, what the fuck, I'm in AA. And so he says, oh yeah, there's some other members with me, let's get together. So here's 10,000 pairs of shoes, our shoes are right next to each other. And I've been sitting with the next to the guy with 10,000 other options right before, and guess what, that guy was from recovery. So he was the divine proctologist visiting me, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, and I honored it. I saw the fucking beauty of it, the grace of recovery. Yeah, so I don't know how to stress more the honoring of the demonstrations of what works. It's really, really valuable because 
The head will forget a miracle in a half an hour. It will. And it wants to just harp on bullshit for 30 years. Yeah, it, you, you can't just let it stay that way. You've, you've got to be an active participant of changing that attitude. That's why we do gratitude lists and stuff like that. So we have an attitude of gratitude. So instead of seeing what's not available, we're grateful for what is available. Yeah. So yeah, honey. First, on yourself, you, you got out of the situation without putting your foot in your mouth. That's fucking incredible progress. Yeah. And there you go. So, you know, the program's working as you. It's fantastic. And you have 10 years, which is fantastic. Yeah. You know what? That, that's what gives you the luxury of sitting in a Zoom. Yeah. Could you imagine if everyone was preoccupied by copying cocaine how long they could sit in the Zoom. They'd be on the phone. They'd be fucking looking out the windows. They'd be, you know, they'd be fucking totally taken over in that pursuit of getting what they, they think they need. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to stay for five minutes in a Zoom. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So we, there's so much that's been afforded to us to, to have a sense of appreciation of, yeah? It's just mind-boggling, so... I mean, and I don't understand why, if you've seen it work in so many, so many uh, aspects of your life, that you would think certain aspects of your life are forbidden to this principle. Nothing. Anything that you offer up to be reconfigured can and will be reconfigured. Yeah, is my feeling. So, thanks, honey. Nice to see you. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. All right, we're going to hear from John Woodruff. Can you unmute yourself, John? Yeah, I'm unmuted. Hey, everybody, John, alcoholic. Uh, I just had a quick question, Paul, and I, I think you just kind of clarified it. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the manifestations of self, and we usually talk about it in a quote-unquote negative way, you know, so, like saying, oh, you're never going to get it this, that, and the other. And, and for me, it's been easy to see that almost the negative aspects, if you want to call it that. Uh, and what I'm noticing is a tendency to kind of claim that the good, the good commentary is me more than the bad. So the same activity that says, wow, it's a beautiful day outside. I'm so grateful. Five minutes later might say, you're never going to get it. And I guess my question is, is the manifestations of self, can that be almost disguised as positive? Or, or I guess my question is, is the mental narrative always not you because you're resting behind that? Or is, do you get what I'm saying? I, I don't know how to ask the question, but. Yeah, yeah. it's always not you, but there's okay, that, there yeah. nice versions of it. Gotcha. That's, a, that's, that's what I wanted to clarify. Okay. The nice version is, is the experience of traveling lighter. Okay. You have a nicer version. So let's say one version was overly serious and basically was like a CNN ticker tape life. Yeah? Yeah. That version sort of uh, incites and provokes more heaviness. There's other versions where it becomes more, more satirical 
or parody or uh, humorous <laughs> with sure. the exact same uh, presentation as the CNN, but seen in a different light. Yeah, but it's so not me. The self hasn't changed much, but what's behind the self has become more dominant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, you turned something that was taken quite seriously to be quite humorous. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. The beauty of it. So no self. Self, there is no self. There's manifestations of self, and those manifestations are basically just like every other manifestation, yeah? But they tend to have a more contracting, more uh, dense, more uh, selfish, self-seeking type of, uh, of movement, yeah? Uh -huh. So... That same aperture where manifestations can come through can come from other than self. Yeah, there's tons of manifestations we're exhibiting other than self, like service, empathy, compassion, more and for ourselves and others. All of these are manifestations also, but they're not of self. Yeah. So basically, we're like a radio station. You can't blame the radio station for the music that's being played, but you can basically realize the knob can be changed and you can actually manifest or transmit different manifestations or different music. Yeah. 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 So if I walk in the park and I say, wow, that tree's beautiful, that, that, that's not self. I mean, I know there's no self, but do you get, I, I, yeah. I, what self? What self is is really the the identification as the one who did has the manifestation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So yeah, a yeah. lot of times gratitude is provoked when you see that something other than you has done something through you. We sure. call it the higher power. Yeah. yeah. But basically, there hasn't the manifestations of self isn't self manifesting. They're manifestations of self, yeah? Yeah, Separateness, yeah. Uh, ownership, proprietoriness, yeah? Those are the sense of self. So they're manifestations of self. It's not self-manifesting. There's no self in a way. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it because, yeah. The strain of the mental state, the, the highest level it can get to is selfing. So it implies a self, it says there's a self, it says there was a self, it says that there's gonna be a self, but there is no self, yeah? Yeah, well the radio yeah. station's playing more, more beautiful music and, I'm, and, and the, I guess the self part of it is, is also watching the beautiful music and saying, well, hey, isn't that, that could be self, you know, hey, yes. you know, so, yes, okay. Exactly. So the sense of self comes from the claiming of what's happening through you. Yeah. 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 All right, man. So this Thank is why you. we weren't, it looks like we were defeated by alcohol and drugs, but we were really defeated by the bondage of self in a sense. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. some of us are occupied by past effects from 30 years ago now, we're living under a, like a, 
uh, a film of guilt and shame that, that affects how we see things today, all based on that we were the doer of all that, which we weren't, yeah? Mm. It happened through us, but we were not the cause of it. And this is where real relief is, yeah? Where you can really get that you don't regret the past, nor do you shut the door on it, yeah? You see it clearly, yeah? You see what was of you and what was not of you. <laughs> and I'm telling you, the traits of alcoholism and the traits of self are not infinite. They're finite. We've noticed them. You can see them in every alcoholic exhibits the same traits, basically. Every addict ends up in the same three parking spaces sooner or later, institution, jails, and death. You know, there are some exceptions, but basically that's where we all go because we're driven by the same mental condition. Yeah, we give it the name of self, self-centeredness, but it's just a mental condition. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, claims to be the doer of a lot of shit it has nothing to do with, really. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. So it's just that we're misinformed by t being too informed by a failed system, really. Because we're constantly being informed by a failed system. We're constantly be being pre presented by evidence that's taken to be real, which is false. So false evidence is presented as if it's real to us all day. Yeah? So we're misinformed by what we're relying on. We need the spirit to inform us so that we can recognize what's not us and what we are. Mm -hmm. It's a basic question that's very confusing for many, many people. Yeah? They're not... They're, what's talking to them is taken to be them. I mean, you can't be... What would be the greatest uh, success of a propaganda station that if you took yourself to be the propaganda, you're not yeah. even here yeah. the propaganda. You are the propaganda. Yeah, that's insane. And I feel a lot of us are in that condition. Yeah, and an extreme condition of that is trying to get relief no matter what the consequences are tomorrow to feel better now. And we see great examples of that with a life of addiction and alcoholism. You can see how far it can go. Yeah? You really can. It goes to extreme lengths. Extreme lengths. And, uh, you know, I realized early, I heard a guy share it, and I've used it ever since, which is he, just, he shared the alcoholic of my type, one of its main attributes, which is I'm willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. That was it. I was feeling quite uncomfortable with this mental fucking hen sitting on me all day, talking to me as me. I swear to God, I would do anything to get out of it for five minutes. And I did. Yeah. And then it just reinforced the bondage of self, my wanting to get out of self, because I wanted to get out of self as self. I had no idea this was going on until I did. Yeah. yeah. That was the life story. Paul felt discomfort, wanted to get out of the discomfort. It didn't know that what wanted to get out of the discomfort was the source of the discomfort. 
So my life was self trying to get out of self in thousands of different ways. But basically, that was the theme. Yeah. And it yeah, failed. Like, yeah. And that's why it's been come to sexville. The what can a failed system show you? It's failed. That's the success. Yeah. It didn't kill me. I seen it now. If it wants to get out of discomfort, but it also seems like it wants to get out of comfort too, you know? Well, it can't handle it for long because it's whole basis. It's got a story and its story is more of a page turner when it's uncomfortable than when it's comfortable. You'll maybe yeah. forget the book if you're comfortable and it's got to have you keep reading the fucking book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I swear to yeah. God, talking about something else, and then someone brings up a resentment from 30 years ago. What the fuck? I'm not talking anything about that. It's just constantly bringing this shit up. Yeah. I swear to yeah. God. It's incredible. So we're trying just, we're not trying to give you a new pair of glasses. Richard Ch Chuck Chamberlain did that already. We're trying to check out our own eyes. Maybe we don't need any pair of glasses anymore. Maybe if we felt around, we see we already have glasses on. Maybe if we took those off, we would realize we can see pretty damn good. I don't need a new pair of glasses. Mm. I don't need any glasses. I need a new pair of glasses until I realize I don't need any glasses. Yeah. That's what a new pair of glasses finally informs me of. I can be free from glasses also. My eyes work pretty damn well. Yeah, they do. <laughs> a new pair of glasses. But see, this is what we do. Self, the identification as self, has blinded us to a lot of things. So recovery brings us a new pair of glasses so it will correct the old pair of glasses, yeah? All right. So now we, but the point is, there's a point where, okay, now that the old pairs of glasses are corrected, I'm going to take them off. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take, yeah? I'm going to yeah. take the new pair of glasses. They've been great. They've shown me something. But now I'm going to take the old pair of glasses off, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> because... Yeah. I was calling them my eyes, and they weren't my eyes. So I was never feeling around here. I just assumed they were me. No, I was looking through a pair of glasses called self-centeredness. Yeah? Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm not. I can, you know, I felt around, and I realized, hey, they're glasses. They can be taken off. I'm not self. Yeah, these aren't my eyes. I'm going to take them off. Oh, I've discovered, I've discovered the eyes I've always had. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I could, I, I recognized the love of my mother and my grandmother. I, there was no confusion there. I wasn't suspicious they were going to fuck me over. <laughs> None of that. I was... I could recognize love and everything. What happened? Some, some glasses were put on. I started looking at everything from a self-centered view. I saw how everything pertained to me, the me that I actually wasn't. And then I lived a, de I lived a, defense, a defensive strategy the rest of my fucking life. I saw love as a threat. 
Love is going to make me vulnerable and I can't handle the intimacy. I'll fucking explode. So let's avoid that at all costs. Was that, was that coming from the spirit of the kid? No, it came from the development of the brain. The mental state developed and then love became a fucking threat. Can you imagine that? That's insane. Well, that was just one example. It did that quite a lot to a lot of topics in my life. To the point is the only solace I could have was a fucking extreme shot of cocaine in my fucking neck. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, to me, uh, living on the edge would have been going to a fucking job interview, you know? Feeling someone loving me unconditionally. Not fucking shooting up and getting into hassles with the cops. I was familiar with that. That was my strategy of avoidance, going to job interviews and having to sit with someone loving me unconditionally. That's what was unbearable. The light was unbearable to me. Unless I could control it. Yeah? Yeah. Slavery of self. All right, we got a couple more questions, Paul. Yeah. So let's uh, let's bring in Dave. Paul, it's Dave from Staten Island. How the hell are you? I don't know if you remember me. I'm, I'm I, uh, Jeff I remember W. Staten Island, so therefore Jeff I can remember you. I'm Jeff W.'s good friend. So good to hear you, and so thank you for confusing me. I'm kidding. I think they, maybe people on this thread may be afraid to say that you confuse you confuse me. But that's fine. I love hearing you. I love listening to you. And I, and I learned a lot today. And a lot of things came up. And I'll try to make this as, as succinct as possible. The two things I learned about the Course of Miracles is a miracle is a, a radical shift in thinking. And th this question did not come up because I wrote a couple, few questions. But this following question did not come up until you mentioned that. If, 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 if the miracle is a radical shift in thinking, can that be the same or construed as the entire psychic change that so forth talks about? I, yes, I suppose, yeah. I suppose it could be. Okay. Yes. Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and and the other thing I learned was one problem. Only have one problem: separation from God. So and the things things I learned, which is wonderful. So in other words, I I can see the trees uh, of uh, the trees, the birds flying flying on the sky. I am not flying with them. I'm the observer. The same thing as the observer of my thoughts. But as you know, Paul, I'm not going to go around all day mumbling the third step prayer. So if I am not self, why do I need to be uh, relieved of same? That's another question. I have a lot of questions. Uh, so I've accessed the power. I am not the power. It's the only way, but I have the power now. Lacking God was not my power. Lacking the power was the problem. So I've, I've accessed the power to take four, two steps four through nine in my life. That's the only way I was going to do it. I was, it was not me doing it. I get that. Um, and and. And there are no coincidences because the, the, the last person kind, kind of took this following question as I wrote this down even before he shared. I wrote, are there, are there any attributes or, or assets to the self? He kind of asked that. So I kind of got my answer with that. And, and then I even wrote, or is it wholly the negative part of the ego self? Because not all ego is bad. I step oh. in front of a fire, a fire truck. Yeah. I'm going to run away. That's the good ego, right? Okay, okay I think. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm not a wannabe uh, Dr. Young guy, but you know, you know what I mean? I am a, I am a wannabe young guy. You know what I mean? Dr. Young. Yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Okay. The many manifestations of self, is, is that part of 
the hundred forms of fear that our book talks about? Yes. I would imagine each of yes. all seven is appearing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And 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 being that you, your talk was basically on six and seven, this is where I'm gonna bring it home with my final question. Step step ten is not an overnight matter. Why the hell does step six and seven seem that way too? Why? Because I'm taking my will back or something. Well, you know, I'm not entirely willing to have to have a impatience, intolerance, belligerent denial taken away from me. I mean, it's really, it's really frustrating at times for me. <laughs> good to see you, Paul. Thanks, man. Good to see you, Dave. <laughs> Let me uh, try to get more of the feeling of selfing. Yeah, selfing is just you don't know, don't believe it or not. Just I'm going to try to give you like a an anatomical illustration of what I see as the bondage of self. All right? So there's noticing thoughts, yes? Noticing thoughts. And then the thoughts are claimed by this mental activity to imply the thinker. So now every thought that you notice or there's a noticing of there's an add-on to that thought that you're the thinker of it, yeah? Yes? So this is selfing. So the same thing with an action. Something went through me. An action of like opening the door for a woman or taking a shit. Those are both actions that are happening through this apparatus, yeah? The mental state will not basically... <laughs> has a difficult time claiming to be the doing of the shitting. The shitting just seems to happen, but it will definitely claim to be the opener of the door. Yeah? So this is what selfing does. Selfing claims all the actions that happen through us to be our actions. Yeah? We're the doer basically no matter what. Yeah? No exemptions. I don't care if you were fucking stoned for seven days you did everything that you did under the influence of that fucking addiction, which I don't agree with, but this is what selfing is like, yeah? So everything that's happening, feelings, thinking, uh, doing, seeing, tasting, touching, is claimed to imply the seer, the doer, the thinker, the toucher, the taster, the thinker. This is selfing. This is the bondage of self. That's as clear as I can say it right now. Yeah. That's when, when I see the word uh, relieve me of the bondage of self, it's really relieve me of the bondage of selfing. Yeah. Because the selfing is what implies the self. Selfing will be a verb, the action. Am I correct? The action happens, and then there's a claiming of the action, and it, the, the action is used to claim there's an actor, yeah? So a lot of times you are seen as the doer of shit you really had nothing to do with. And this is what happens in recovery from alcoholism when you stop avoiding your role in things and become responsible and do step nine and the uh, inventory step four and ten you see your role in things, you're going to sooner or later see self's role in things or this mental activity that I call selfing. You're going to see its role in things and I'm going to tell you something, you're going to see it has a much bigger role than your role in things. 
tell you the truth. So, <laughs> so uh, to me, that, that's where the relief lies. So now I, you know, it says, render unto Caesar's what's Caesar's. All right, so render unto Paul what's Paul's and render unto self's what's self's. So this is why the inventory is so important and the recognition of how self's manifestations have defeated us, yeah? Not us, but how something else has defeated us through its manifestations. This is quite different than you, your resentment, your fear, your acting out. So, yeah. All right, move on, eh? Yeah, we've got... Uh... We got Andrew coming in and we have another hand up. Um, are you able to stay a little bit today, Paul? Um, yeah, I'm here, so yeah. Thank you. Come on in, Andrew. Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. Uh, good to see you, Paul. I'm just from Peterborough. I think oh, oh yeah, I know you, Andrew, how are you? I'm still silver and clean, you know, thanks to something outside of me, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Okay, here, I had to write this down on a piece of paper because I, I would forget what I was going to say, and it might sound kind of weird, but uh, this is, this is uh, the way it's going to be. Okay, now, I've done, I've, I've surrendered to the fact that I can't drink, right? I've pro proven that countless times, that it's just, you end up in those three places, right? And, and, uh, I've proven that. So I surrendered to that. I've, I've, I've uh, cultivated a relationship with uh, something that's expelled that obsession, right? And I've worked the fourth and fifth step, and I've done the other steps, um, silver for six years, plus six months, something. I've lied. I've lied. I've cheated. I've stole it in recovery, right? Those are defects as far as I'm concerned. Thank God there's a, I don't, I don't like doing it. I don't like myself when I, after the fact, I'm not a saint, right? Like they say, thank God there's a step 10 because, you know, I've had to go rectify all those situations that, that I, uh, that I, that when I did that, right. Which is good. However, big word, however, <laughs> one but. Yeah. Why do I, I'm just wondering why I feel so comfortable hanging on to old ways, which is rebellious natures, right? My, that like, I, I have trouble conforming to societal um, rules and, and, and implementation through, through society from, from, from uh, authority figures. I have, I have difficulty conforming to those and it's actually, Today, it causes, um, you know, it, it, I feel comfortable, though, going to that because I've done it all my life, right? It's like that, that hardwired pathway in my mind. And uh, I know it's causing ability. I know that it talks about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer my own question here. Yeah. <laughs> I know that um, in order to relieve me from that, uh, I, I need to just think of others, right? Service to others, and, and that works. And, and that's probably one of the main reasons I'm on the Zoom meeting today is because I'm feeling um, irritability because of 
the rebellious natures of my old path, right? So I had a conscious download is what you call it to say, get on a Zoom meeting, share what you're feeling with, with Paul and, and everyone else. Maybe there's someone newer here that's going through the same thing and maybe they'll get more out of our conversation than I or you get, right? I don't know, but this is what I'm doing. And, and uh, that's my question is those hanging on to those old ways. It, it feels comfortable and, and I need to let that go somehow. So. Well, why don't you, again, I think it's applicable to six and seven. So when you recognize these old patterns that there's a, a cherishing of or a comfortableness in that, it doesn't matter if you feel like you mean it or not. Just state you're entirely ready to have that reconfigure and ask that power to do it. Sex, you did the, you've done step nine around it. Now do step six and seven before it. Yeah. Yeah, this is why we're having this share today. I think uh, a lot of times six and seven is an, un an under, underused uh, valuable resource in the way of life of AA. Yeah. I think people believe it was just worthy of a paragraph and you did it after you did your share with the fifth step, but they don't see that it's really a lifelong uh, recognition of what we're not coming up. Yeah. Because see, what we call our life is there's two lanes on that highway. There's ours and there's that what we call self's lane. And we need to recognize self's lane, self from our lane, which we have a clarity about now. And so when we recognize self from our lane, we can offer it up to the higher power. Yeah. Hey, I'm entirely ready to have this aspect that I've called mine all these years. This at this aspect of being comfortable resisting authority, even though it's been jackpotting me, yeah, I say, hey, I'm entirely ready to have that reconfigured by this power, and it will, yeah. That's what. Just like you got relief when you did your ninth step, you're gonna have uh, things that were like a deep mental groove are gonna be changed inevitably sometimes quickly sometimes slowly but they will be affected yeah so yeah i think you just shared uh, a lot of meat you could uh have removed from your table by turning it over to the higher power by six and seven Billy. i don't like the you i don't like the word uh remove because i don't believe energy can be removed i can i believe energy like they say can't be created nor destroyed but it can be reconfigured, yeah? In other words, if it's been put in the shape of a pretzel, you could straighten that out. You can't, we've realized that, but the higher power can. So you recognize certain patterns of pretzels, you offer them up, and then maybe it turns into a breadstick, I don't know, <laughs> maybe it's better. So this is, uh, this is how I see it. And I think what you said, first of all, I want to congratulate you or, or just just to honor your sobriety, because I remember meeting you outside the hall that time in uh, downtown Peterborough. You were an agitated sort of character. 
<laughs> and it's really, I mean, I'm really happy that I've known you these years and seen you stay sober. That's a miracle. It's awesome. Yeah. And the clarity of how that was exhibited by your share is awesome. So, yeah. I'll never forget what you said to me, and I repeat it quite often to a lot of people, right? I remember asking you at the bottom of that stairwell on George Street, Peterborough, I said, Paul, will I ever be free from bondage of self? You looked me straight in the eye and you said, no. And I'm like, oh, God. And then you said, well, just a second. When you're free from bondage of self, you won't know it, but other people will see it. Yes. And I'll never forget you saying that and i repeat that to other people and other people have got a lot out of that so it's amazing how this works through all of us and to other people right and it's truly yeah, yeah. it's truly amazing yes because uh first of all it's one of the joys there's these people you know i have this uh privilege to go to new jersey usually on the same trip i go to canada and i go to a rehab there for 12 or 13 years now, like twice a year, and I do three days of talks, yeah? And in those, so I've seen thousands of people coming into this rehab. It's like a big facility. They have houses and everything. And uh, some people I met when they first came in and I just knew they were gonna stay sober, yeah? They just had that willingness and stuff. These two people, I don't wanna bring their names up, but so then I'd be away and then six months later, I'd come back and they were sober six more months. Yeah. And I could just see the transformation. Not that you would see it if you were watching them every day, but because of some time. Yeah. I'd be away six months. I'd come back and now they're both sober. They've got like nine years. It's just fucking amazing. It's just a lovely, it's like watching, uh, a, a, a flower grow, you know, you just, you go away, come back and it's just grown and it's more open and there's other flowers growing near it and they're sponsoring people. And it's just an amazing, uh, recovery is such a amazing contagious thing. Yeah. When we get infected by it and the willingness and shit, it's, it's unbelievable. So much more power generated in recovery than in the bondage of self way 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 more and it's so funny that we keep pledging allegiance to the old god when the new god is so much more available and uh just got some major mojo so many things that you the only thing you could think of was avoiding it at all costs so many of those giant obstacles have been reconfigured in my life so many of them and I've watched it reconfigured in others. I mean, the, uh, it just, it's just so profound, the grace of recovery. It really is. So, thanks, brother. It's nice to see you. Yeah, you, when this shit comes up, just do six and seven on it. Yeah, see what happens. See if things don't change. Yeah. Either they may not change, but you will, which is cool. Either way. Yeah. Honey, don't worry about the phone. It's someone. Yes, anyone else? Thanks, Andrew. Right, yeah, Say hello to anyone in Peterborough that I could probably know. Yeah, we've got Ross coming in. All right, that, don't worry about the phone. It's just, it's, 
It'll end soon. As long as we can, we got him. All right. Yep. Ross, are you there? All right. Looks like he disappeared. Does anybody have something else that they'd like to ask Paul about this uh, this afternoon? You can go ahead and raise your hand. If not, that's that's fine. Yep. So that's it. I hope uh, see the uh, six and seven isn't a one-time thing. It's not like I did six and seven after I went home and took an hour. And um, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a living thing because as you're breathing, selfing is trying to live off of that breath. Yeah. So as long as you're breathing, in a weird way, it's breathing. And you've got to recognize, I mean, you don't have to, but the relief, you know, the, the relief of the bondage of self is an activity. You recognize something starting to set up. It's sort of like lines being drawn. And then if you don't catch it early it turns into like a pair of handcuffs and then suddenly you're experiencing as if you're handcuffed yeah so if you can see the way it draws its lines you can bypass having to try to get out of the handcuffs because you really you'll never even enter the handcuffs yeah so you take you take and the the closer you can get it right out of the oven the better to in my view like you watch it starting to formulate like a resentment usually sort of gets sat on for a while, you know what I mean? Warmed up, gone over before it hatches. So you can recognize what's going on and bring it to six and seven. And let that energy that's starting to formulate into a train and then laying down tracks and then taking you on a fucking journey, that thing can get reconfigured, the tracks get directed in a different way, the train, all the cars get taken off of it. It's just an engine. It can carry anything. And so this is the power of six and seven. Yeah, yeah. so. Thanks. Paul, uh, Ross is back. Do you want to take his question? Uh, yeah, sure. Come on in, Ross. You're going to have yeah, to, go out to get a question. All right, Ross. How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me? Yes. I just lost him. Yeah, he's gone. That's it. Hello? <laughs> now, here he is again. Here he is. Okay. Sorry, I'm the way that you guys control the mute confuses me. So thanks for bringing up six and seven. That was uh, when I did the 12 steps a few years ago. That was where the most powerful part for me because I could feel the bondage of self, how I held it close to my heart and identified all those mistakes as being me, all those behaviors. Um, I'm at a point now where I have a lot of freedom from the thoughts in my head, but now stuff's kind of welling up in my heart. And I used to use the analogy of the jockey a lot, like how alcoholism wrote us like a jockey. In some ways, I feel like I'm the jockey riding the selfing now. And I don't have control of the horse, you know, like I, instead of having an idea that I, I take as mine and run with it, I get these emotions that come up and it's all I can do to not, you know, just kind of explode. And 
saying appropriate things. I, I don't know if that's progress or if that's. I'd say it's progress for sure. Okay. Cause I feel like where my head used to get in the way now my heart's kind of in the way. And I know you talk about trying to come from the gut, you know, it's not in the way Ross. It just looks at that like that from the head, but it's not in the way. See, this is the beauty of recovery is a lot of stuff that runs us are beyond thought. It's they're in, they're more registered in feeling or afraid of feeling. And what's beautiful about recovery, if it isn't broken up all the time, if it stays, if it gets a sort of a certain momentum, that shit that runs us from the, the shadows comes up. Yeah. And then those emotions that were stunted and avoided and denied, get their moment in the sun and they'll work themselves out. Yeah. You may do some crying and shit like that. It's all good. Yeah. 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 It's uh, I think every one of us goes, goes through that because to the, to life run by on self-centeredness, emotions are, a, are a disadvantage. They're not valued. Yeah. They're, they're, they're meant to be stunted and, and, uh, misdirected and forgotten. And, uh, you can't, you, you know, the, the selfing can avoid a lot of shit. It can't, uh, it can't disappear shit. And the shit's going to come up and it gets readjusted. Yeah. I mean, I went through, I still cry at movies all the fucking time. <laughs> Every movie I cry at when the person who's, you know, is going to have some trouble, I start crying. I mean, it's just, you know what I mean? It's just the way it is. I'm, uh, I'm happy it got released. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you need help with that, you know, I like physical work more than mental therapy. Yeah. So a physical massage or shit like that can really release some of that. And it's a safe space for it to come out. And it's going to reconfigure itself. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Don't take my word for it. It's just my observation in my own experience and watching others. There's a point where the emotional sobriety is introduced. And, and so therefore the emotions have to be reconfigured because they've been distorted by what was saying they were having it. You know, the self the selfing distorted the emotions, turned them into something that they're not. And so now they've got to fucking reconfigure. And they're bubbling up just to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. how I I mean, I felt, uh, you know, you know that statement, we were incapable of having a, a viable relationship with another person. That's a yeah. lot of emotional stunting from the disease, you know? And so that has... For you to enter uh, real relation with others, a lot of that emotions need to get reconfigured. Yeah, yeah. Because I would view people as a threat usually, especially in intimacy. I would think I was getting set up to get fucked over. And <laughs> what really worked for me was this concept of us, not you and me, in relation like in intimate relations. And uh, the women, woman I was, I'm with now introduced it to me when we met. And uh, 
because if I look at her, if I look at her as her from me, man, it may not work. But if I see her and me as us, it works. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah all these things became available because I was available finally. <laughs> I found I found things that work. Because I, I was actually workable, yeah. So, yeah, I could understand something like us and uh, and allow it to actually override the you and I. That was really uh, wasn't working for me in relationship. So, yeah. Thank you. So good, bro. Yeah, come back, Ross, and uh, yeah, oh, well. tell us how you're doing with it. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks, Ross. Hey, um, Paul, uh, thank you. Um, before you say your goodbyes today, um, just want to remind everybody, take a look over at uh, zenbitchslap.com. You will find uh, plenty more information on Paul's views. You can pick up his, his book that is his uh, recovery story or look at some of his other writings. And I'm putting that in the chat. Thanks, everybody. Well, also remember... Uh, I know it's cliche, but this isn't my message, first of all, and they're really not my writings. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, uh, I'm not doing these talks. If I did, I'd find reasons not to do them, really. Mm. Yeah, I'd be too busy or something else. I just, I've learned in AA, uh, a distinct difference of what moved me before and what moves me now. I think I'm just able to be moved. I don't think I'm the mover. I don't think I'm really the doer or the messenger. I think the message comes through, but I'm not, it's not my message, yeah? This is just shit that was revealed by that power that we're introduced to in recovery. And, uh, it's really, uh, it's almost like forced humility. There's just no way I could I could see myself as being the one who has this message. It just doesn't, <laughs> my mental arm can't reach that far back. It can't. So it's, it's forced me into humility. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I know that power that's coming through me is also resides where you are. And I just, you know, something has talked through me for years and, uh, and I've been the better for it, really. Yeah, I've been used wonderfully, where before with my other God, the God of self, I can't say that. I wasn't used <laughs> too well. I mean, it really beat me up fucking pretty heavy. So this power moving through now is the dominant one. And to me, it's the essence of perhaps there is a better way. Trusting something infinite rather than finite self. That's the whole. So, yeah, the books, they're there. They're just that same, that same compulsion in there. Produce the books and produce the videos and produce this everything. Yeah. It wants to exp express something and it's used me to do it and I'm better off for it. And I'm learning as you're learning, really, because uh, 
I learned a long time ago I could never be the message, and that's the great news. I can be used by it, but Paul has its blind spots, yeah? Paul has its action figure tendencies. I just don't take them seriously as much. I don't see them as mine, yeah? Nor do I see the message as mine. So it's pretty cool. It's really, to me, the uh, basis of traveling lighter. Just like we say in recovery, humility is anonymity, which is what, but humility is the, is, is the primary principle in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. The sponsor isn't doing anything. It's the grace that moves through the sponsor, through the verb of sponsoring that's doing something. Yes. These people that think they have 30 sponsees, there's no, there's no one to have 30 sponsees. They're sponsoring, yeah? It's a verb that we're sharing. Hopefully the emphasis is on the verb, not on the nouns. Yeah, that's the world of self. Yeah, so thanks so much. I'm happy, uh, I'm really happy to have this platform to share. Yes, appreciate it. I'm gonna say goodbye to everyone and uh, yeah. Let's see, let's go back to Mike. Mike. And uh, is one of the mainstays. It's because of him and David and now Michael and the, the lady today that allow this to really go, to really happen. So let's thank them, to tell you the truth. And let's see Rob, Rob Farr, Andrew from Peterborough, Robert, nice to see you, Robert, there. Walter from uh, the Netherlands, always good to see you, Walter. Thanks for that tip. Uh, about the Zoom. Marty, nice to see you, Marty. Yeah, the, he's the, the main, he's the represent, he's the main representative of uh, Who Am I? Self-inquiry here at Zen Bitslap. So, Roman, nice to see you as always. Say hello to Barbara. Drew is, uh, the cats are busy there. Nice to see you, Drew. Yes, one of my uh, main, main uh, whatever. John Woodruff, thanks for all the conversation, John. Yes. Paul. And and thanks so much for today. Appreciate it from Chicago. Yeah. Probably either the third, fourth greatest city in America. New York stands alone. Yeah. Yeah, so let's get that straight. Uh, Vicky. Vic, Vicky, it's very nice to see you. Kurt, as always, thank you for the support. Dave, Dave is a living specimen of the sociological experiment called Staten Island. What a unique motherfucking place. <laughs> Staten Island is like no other, I swear. Yeah, so we got Jane there. Mika, Mickey, Mickey, I always go Mika, Mickey, the matriarch of Madeira. Meryl, thank you so much for that question, honey. Yeah. And never underestimate the, the, uh, the strength of that sobriety that you're in. Yeah, yeah. You're looking pretty strong to me. So uh, let me see. We got Ross from Tacoma. Very nice. Yeah, Leah, as always. Nice to see you, honey. Chris, back there somewhere with the mask. Good on you. Michael, Stacy. Rowan, Rona from Southern California. No, Rona from California. I don't know exactly where. Gary, 
Nice to see you. He's out of the corner. Your corner got a lot larger, Gary. That's good. iPhone something. We got Mika from uh, somewhere. He just left. There's Mika again, Wilson. She's here. Nice to see you, honey. There was another Mika that just disappeared. Oh, here he is. There's a Mika Juntinen, and then there's a Mika Wilson. Yeah. Helen. Nice to see you, Helen. Yeah? Traveling lighter, eh? Yeah, there you go. Michael Stacy, thanks so much, Michael. Yeah. Thanks so much, really, for uh, applying the message. Yeah. That's really the greatest gratitude. I love seeing people travel lighter. I really do. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. We got Jake or Jane, Joseph, Ali. Another, I don't know these names, but whatever. Everyone, thanks for, uh, just thanks for everything. I'll see you Saturday, uh, Saturday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday for recovery. Woohoo! Let's not take ourselves so seriously. <laughs> Adios. Thank you. Bye.